0: This is Dyes and Shoei X, the podcast, episode 185, for the week of August 2nd, 2009. Welcome to Dyes and Shoei X,
1: the podcast,
0: an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Dyes and Shoei X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of... Enlightening. And...
2: A little bit of entertaining.
0: There you go, man. Oh, it's so good to have you back with us, Julian. How you doing, man?
2: Well, it's my pleasure to be here, Mike. Well, I've been busy doing this, that, and the other all this past month, and well, next month is looking a bit on the iffy side too. But I'll do my best to show up when I can.
0: Excellent. Well, it's good to have you with us. So uh, you are my cohort from Dye ZX. You're over there in Japan. Things are going well. And we got some people over here, too, joining us as well. Let me start over here to my left, actually, this time. We got Mary. Hello. Howdy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Excellent. How about yourself? I'm, I'm great. Thank you. Good. Glad to hear good. you. And because it's that time of the month, we got Jeff with us. The virgin. The newbie. The manga guy.
1: How come you refer me as the virgin, and yet I get that time of the month?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no. If it's that time of the month... Then you're not pregnant, so you—come theor- on, Jeff, birds bees, man. So
2: you can still lie to your parents. Eh? <laughs> well, I thought the stork was involved.
1: What were you telling me?
0: There's a bird, there's a handkerchief, there's a doorbell Lies, ring.
1: all lies, damn it.
0: Oh, good. You're here. Yes. Everything's well with you? That's right. Nice. Uh, I'll introduce myself. My name is Mike. I go by Vegito EX in various places online. And I gather everyone here together once a week, Jeff once a month at least, to talk about this here show, this franchise, this manga. It's called Dragon Ball. Jeff, this is an interesting recording case for us. Because you brought your computer over. Yep. What are we recording into right now?
1: We're recording into Ubercaster.
0: Ubercaster.
1: Ubercaster. It's it's a German uh, product.
0: A little experiment for us here. Yeah. We're also recording down in my living room, so it's much more wide open. You're going to hear... Almost like we're in, I don't know, a mountain valley <laughs> with a little bit of an echo. <laughs> it's not quite as a uh, consolidated space as our loft is, so I apologize for that. But this is uh, its uh going to be fun because everything's looped into each other. we got Julian, and it's just good times over here. I'm looking forward to it. So why don't we yeah. talk about what's going on this episode, and then we'll get into the swing of things. Uh, Odokan was a couple of weeks ago. We took a week off. We did a nice big episode last week all about the Dragon Box announcement. I think we have just one or two little follow-up things to talk about that in the news. But then there's a bunch of other news, things we're going to catch up on, things that just happened. Jeff, you're here, so it's a manga review of Awesomeness Time. Sweet. Very excited. So if you guys are tuning in for the first time, what we do on the first episode of every new month, Jeff stops by. We have a whole bunch of us here who have read it before, Julian in Jeff. Japanese, and what, like a half to three-quarters in English? What do you think?
2: Yeah, about, I kind of lost track of the Viz. Yeah. English version started Around some
0: weird- the time that we're at right now, actually, is where things start heading south. But anyway, so there's that. There's
3: Mary, a long-time Dragon Ball fan as well. Yeah, I've read, um obviously, up to this part, and I've read it in bits and pieces from this part going forward. Uh, not necessarily the Viz stuff. Right. Good times.
0: And then there's me. You know, I I, of course have read everything. Then there's Jeff, like I said, reading through the manga for the first time ever. We like getting that fresh perspective. Because it's different. We know what's happening. You always pick up on little things and we go, oh, yeah, you're right. That is kind of strange. Like, this is stupid. <laughs> exactly, that kind of stuff. <laughs> so, good. We'll get to that. Uh, we got your news. We got your manga review. We got some releases. We got some great emails for you this episode. Uh, we're chock full of stuff. So, uh, before we hit the news, anyone have any random stuff you want to throw into the mix? Julian, we've barely heard from you over the last couple of weeks. you want to give us just a little update of what's going on with you?
2: Well, finals are over. It's past the end of term, so now it's into summer vacation. And just like the school I was in last year, this one is doing uh, earthquake resistance construction over the summer. So I get to sit doing nothing while there's jackhammering in the background (laughs) and just planning something else that's going to be going on later this month.
0: Nice. I know. You're looking forward to that. It's going to be a big event for you.
2: Yes, it is, but I am not at liberty to say <laughs> what it fine. is. That's fine.
0: We'll hear all about it later. Oh, one thing I do want to mention before we get going here. Here's my stuff. We had a, a quasi-indirect plug and then an actual plug. Gamasutra put up an article all about... um I think it was Christian Nutt that wrote it, about why people like Dragon Quest. And I was just reading it on my own anyway. And I'm scrolling through the article, and there's a link to a Nintendo Power scan, And it's a link over to our forum on Dazen Shui X with a link to a uh, scan from the first Nintendo Power. It's like, oh, wow. I, how'd they find us? Oh, that's so cool. So I went back and re-edited the thread to say, hey, Gamasutra readers, here's the image so you can find it really quick. By the way, Dragon Ball podcast and website. Check it out. So hopefully we grabbed one or two people from over there. And then uh, also shout out to uh, Anime World Order who gave us a nice little plug with regards to Funimation's announcement in uh, the Dragon Box sets. So there you go. All right, Mary, Jeff, you guys want to throw anything in here before we get going? I don't believe I have any stuff. All right. Not cool stuff. All right. Jeff, you good?
1: The stuff speaks for itself.
0: All right, rock and roll. Let's hit the news. Yeah, Dragon Box announcement. There's not a whole lot to say that we didn't already cover last episode. Uh, there were a couple things on Funimation's Twitter that they were saying, oh, we're going to look in to see what dub track or tracks will be on there. So there will be at least one. There's still no word on what exactly it's going to be, what will be on there. I think that's really it. Mary, have you read or heard anything? Else? If you haven't read more stuff, I certainly haven't read more stuff. <laughs> okay. All right, let's talk about some other stuff. This came out uh, a while ago, but we're just catching up on it. The new PS3 and 360 game Raging Blast, which will be out later this year, is getting a new vocal theme song from none other than Hironobu Kageyama. Very excited to have him back doing a new game theme song. This one's going to be called Progression. There is uh, no word on the CD single release yet, but since the new Wii game is actually getting a CD single release, I think this month we'll hit that up in the releases. Uh, it's probably going to be one for this as well. Another thing here, Viz Big delays. We've been talking about this. This finally impacts us and listeners of the show because where we're at in the manga has been delayed for a second time. Uh, originally scheduled for May 19th, delayed to July 12th, and now delayed to October 20th. Yes, that's a five-month delay on a single one there. And I also checked in on uh Amazon to see what's up with some future ones. DBZ 6 and 7 are now both set for January 19th, but that's probably going to change as well. Mary, here's another one that we were talking about uh before the Oticon break, I think it was New Crane game.
3: You remember? Seeing this is news pictures? to me. This is new- oh, you haven't seen this yet. I don't follow news. I hear news for the first time on this show for the most part. <laughs> I could have sworn <laughs> I showed you pictures of this. Maybe you I did. I'm telling you,
0: got this, this, this New Crane game that Funimation is doing in conjunction with Toei. and actually our Hamilton uh, AMC has it. Whoa! Yeah, so we're gonna have to go check it out. Uh, Funimation and Namco collaboration, actually. I'm sorry, not Toei. It's going to be at around 780 amusement centers around the country, but that includes movie theaters, because like I said, our uh, AMC is going to have it as well. They're already out there now. There's a big press release with a whole bunch of images. You can find that on our homepage. Jeff, are you a big crane game person? You like to no. put in your two bucks and get a prize?
1: Not at all. Uh, first of all, it's annoying when it's like, you didn't get anything. Try again. You're like, okay, this is like my 15th try. I right. guess I just suck at this. I've
0: spent $30.
1: Yeah. I just give my sister the quarters and I tell her <laughs> to go nuts because she'll do it in like three tries and get me something huge. So she's good at it. I suck.
0: Nice. All right. So the last bit of news we got for you, that's all the little stuff here and there. This is kind of, I don't want to say big news, but this is Shui X listening to financial conference calls. So you don't have to. I tuned in the other day. You
1: poor baby. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) I tuned in to Navarre's quarter one fiscal 2010 conference call. Uh, As you may know, Navarre is the parent company of Funimation. They bought them out back in 05. So they put out a press release the other day with their first quarter uh, 10 figures. I don't know what you want to call them. Press release with all the info. Of particular note to Dragon Ball fans is the stuff uh, involving Namco Bandai. We're telling you about this how uh, there's that new agreement where Namco Bandai is exclusively going to be putting out the Dragon Ball games here in the US. Atari's totally gone. But what they noted in here is uh, Julia, why don't you read the quote for me?
2: The quote says. The quarter beat our expectations in part due to Funimation's stronger-than-anticipated sales of anime DVDs, as well as a $1.75 million agency fee resulting from a royalty advance paid for the licensing of Dragon Ball video game rights to Bandai.
0: Ah, nice. The so Bandai's already got $1.75 million in the bag over to Funimation here, and uh, it's just going to keep going from there. Very interesting that we actually get some dollar figures here. Then, uh... Th- the way Navarra is broken down, they have their publishing segment, their distribution segment, uh, and there's some companies that they're folding up and getting rid of. Funimation's over in the publishing segment. There's some stuff about their sales here, but what was really interesting to me is how often they noted Dragon Ball Z and uh, how big of a series that is for them. But I want to turn it over to the conference call itself, because uh, again, I find it so enthralling and almost creepy how when you're listening to you know, this is some big wigs. You got the CEO and the chief financial analyst, officer, whatever they are on the call, talking about Dragon Ball Z. It's really strange to hear them talking about this fandom kind of stuff. What they noted was that Funimation had an exceptionally strong quarter, which is good for them because Funimation's almost holding them up at this point. Uh, Funimation did great at two major retailers in particular, though they didn't name what they are. I threw that out on Twitter. I was getting back. Oh, maybe FYE, Walmart, Target. Best Buy? I totally forgot about Best Buy. Yeah, they're carrying those season sets and everything like crazy. Best Buy is probably one of the big ones there. But also uh, noted Afro Samurai 2 being nominated for an Emmy. But it was really DVC's five-year license extension, which we talked about uh, a while ago, that they were really excited about because that keeps it in the forefront. And what was really great to hear, I was actually considering calling in and asking the question myself, pretending to be a financial analyst, (laughs) but there was someone, uh, Bob Evans of Craig Hallam, who asked... About this, how long does this go to? It's a five-year extension. When did it start? When did it end? So they answered that Funimation uh, has renewed the license through mid-2015. So we know that's going to be the next cutoff period of re-announcing uh, another relicense of it, an extension, or I, I can't imagine they're going to drop it. It's doing so well for them, for Funimation, for Navarre. I have to imagine it's doing well for Toei. So uh, there you go with that. Uh, there's some other interesting stuff there as well, if you want to read it. Uh, not quite as related to Dragon Ball, just Funimation, top properties, and Genfukunaga get a raise for the first time, I think it was. So interesting things there. That's the news, Julian. Do you have any? I mean, you're over in Japan right now. How much is Funimation and you know their finances affecting you? Is it of any interest to you?
2: Well, I think it's interesting that this whole Dragon Box thing is coming about. And I'm, I don't know, maybe kind of looking forward to that once I return to the U.S. But over here, it doesn't really have any bearing on Dragon Ball. It it goes, you know. <laughs>
0: It just continues on. Jeff, how about from your perspective? Do, do you care about these inner workings? Is it interesting to hear any little tidbits? What do you think?
1: I'm actually interested because uh, since they always seem to start new box sets whenever yes. they damn well please, Yeah, you always kind of want to see if they're going to have the license to be able to finish that box set. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, Mary, you have a great example of not finishing box sets due to licensing arrangements.
3: Oh, um, you mean like Sailor Moon? I was thinking Gem. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, I don't have the last season because uh, I think Rhino lost the rights and I think Sony has it now or something crazy like that. And there's like no chance in hell they're ever gonna put it out. Right, right. Oh, well, I might be wrong. I mean, it's been like probably a year since I've looked into the subject. Maybe oh, I should enough. check it out. Cause great, now you've made me miss Jem and I'm gonna watch <laughs> I'm it and sorry. subject you to the songs.
0: You know, we never really stopped to think. Oh, yeah, Funimation has to relicense the show. They're not always going to have it. They could lose it. It's probably not likely, but you know, it's, it's just a not likely
1: right now, anyway. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they, I, I mean, according to the report, they're just getting way too much money from them as it stands. Funimation
0: owns the domestic anime industry right now. We've talked about this. How they're the disruption in Japan. They're the one causing the the change in business practices. Mm-hmm. And it's... Got to be for the better at this point. That's really the news. Uh, some interesting stuff. We get full coverage of it all over on the homepage of the website if you're interested. So with that done, let's turn it over to that manga review. So here we are, volume 29 of the manga. First off, let's break it down for you. It's chapters 338 through 349. That is the original tankobon number 29. All right, if you're doing the Kanzenban, as you may be over in Japan, or if you've picked them up along the way, this is going to be midway through Kanzenban number 23, and then the first third of number 24. If you're over in the U.S. and you're following along with Viz, it's going to be DBZ Graphic Novel number 13. And then if you were trying to follow along with VizBig, this was going to be VizBig number 5 of DBZ, which has now been delayed to October. So you're shit out of luck in there. So uh the format of this will be, we'll go through the chapters, give you a recap. We'll check in with Jeff's predictions from the last time on the show, and we'll move on with the analysis. Jeff, I'm going to start with you. Get us going here. Mixing it up, chapter 338.
1: Well, look who's taking the forefront now, huh? That's right, man. All right, chapter 338. No one can tell where the Jins on went, so Goku tells everyone to spread out and find them by sight since they can't sense any ki. Gohan is sent to take care of Yajirobe, who's alive but flailing around in the ocean. As everyone looks around, the two Jins begin to wreak havoc. One headbutts a guy and the other stops a car and grabs the driver's neck so hard that it squishes nearly off to the side. Ew. Yamcha hears a scream and heads off in that direction. As he approaches, the Jinzo ningen sense someone coming and figure it must be Son Goku. They've already found him. Great! They look down from the sky and see that it's most likely Yamcha. He will still be a good source of energy, though. The two land behind him, and Yamcha turns around to ask if they've seen where the killers went. As he gets a good look at them, though, he realizes what he's just gotten himself into. And as he's about to yell for the others, one of the Jinzo ningen picks him up by the mouth and shoves his hand right through Yamcha's
0: chest. Ooh, Mary, why don't you go here? Chapter
3: 339. Everyone senses Yamcha's energy dipping fast, so they blast off over the area and surround the Jinzo Ningen. As Yamcha is tossed to the ground, Goku yells for Krillin to grab him and bring him back to the others and the Senzu. Piccolo initiates contact with the Jinzo Ningen, who are surprised to find that everyone knows that they are artificial humans. They ask how they know, but Piccolo says they'll have to fight and find out. Goku tries to get them to take off to fight in an area with less people, so one of the Jinzo Ningen uses eye lasers to destroy the entire surrounding area, saying, that's what Goku wanted, right? Goku rushes in to attack and knocks a hat off of one of them, revealing a sort of brain in a jar on the top of its head kind of thing. Back in the distance, Yamcha heals up from the Senzu, and everyone gets a view of the destruction. Goku convinces them to leave to fight elsewhere, and the Jinzo Ningen showcase that they know everyone's names. Piccolo han etc. As they take off, Yamcha exclaims that they have to go warn everyone that the Jinzo gang can steal your energy. Julian, 340.
2: <clears throat> Chapter 340. As they all fly off, Yamcha notes how they were able to steal his energy just by grabbing him. Bulma says Dr. Gero must have been an amazing scientist. Gohan takes off to warn them, Kuririn takes off to bring the Senzu, and even Yamcha says that despite his amazing fear, he will go and just watch. Bulma yells at Yajirobe, wondering why he's not going off to help everyone since the planet's in such amazing danger, but, um, he can't fly. The Jinzo Ningen tell Goku to just stop and land, which they do. Piccolo realizes that they're in a plain, but it's surrounded by rocky mountains which the Jinzo Ningen can hide in if they need to. Goku, out of breath, asks how they know about all of them. Tenshinhan looks at Goku, slightly confused, wondering why he's huffing and puffing. The old Jinzo Ningen explains that they have been watching Goku ever since the destruction of the Red Ribbon Army. They used little bugs to monitor him the whole time. The Tenkaichi Budokai, the fight with Piccolo, and even the fight with Vegeta. Their aim was to find a weakness and create the artificial humans in order to take him down. Goku asks if this is all over just a grudge. The old Jinzo Ningen explains that only Dr. Gero remained from the Red Ribbon Army, and his dream of conquering the world was ruined because of Goku. Piccolo remarks that he seems to be talking as if he were Dr. Gero, which the Jinzo Ningen refutes as preposterous. He is artificial human number 20. Goku asks if they spied on him on Namek, which they retort that there was no need. They had enough data. Everyone smirks, knowing that they missed out on the most important development then. Goku is able to become a super Saiyajin. Even as Goku transforms and jumps up in power, Piccolo looks at him in confusion. Number 20 says it is no matter. Number 19 here can easily take him on and could also do so himself. Goku rushes in to attack.
0: Chapter 341. Goku ferociously attacks, knocking number 19 away with incredible hits time and time again. Number 20 is looking more and more concerned. Tenshinhan notes that the power Goku is showcasing is just incredible. He's in an entirely different league now. Piccolo says that's true, but something's off. Number 20 says to himself that it's no good. Number 19 is going to run out of energy before he is able to steal any from Goku. Yamcha, Gohan, and Kududin blast in to see Goku fighting number 19. It's incredible, with Goku not getting hit a single time. Yamcha wonders if he imagined them being able to steal energy. Piccolo asks Gohan if he notices it too, though. Goku seems rather weak, as Tenshinhan struggles to comprehend how this is weak. Piccolo says that Goku should be much stronger than this. Is it that they're stealing his energy? Number 19 gets up, looking like it doesn't even matter that he's getting thrashed. Goku fires a Kamehameha down at it, and this is what he's been waiting for. Number 19 absorbs the blast through his palm. As Goku struggles to catch his breath up in the air, everyone warns him about the energy stealing. Number 20 says that Number 19 is now at full strength. Gohan gasps as Number 19 rushes back in.
1: Chapter 342, number 19 bursts back in and slams Goku around a bit. Goku is about to fire another Kamehameha, but Piccolo screams for him to stop since it will just be absorbed. Goku keeps huffing and puffing until finally he grabs his chest in pain. Gohan knew it. It's the heart virus. Wasn't the medicine trucks brought supposed to fix this? Kurudin tosses over a sensu to Goku, but it doesn't do anything. Number 19 keeps attacking, and Goku can barely do anything with his body hurting so much. Gohan says his dad never took the medicine since he's been fine the whole time. He was supposed to take it at the first sign of symptoms. Goku then gets knocked out of Super Saiyajin, and Number 19 rushes in to grab him by the neck. Everyone blasts in to stop him, but Number 20 jumps in the way. Piccolo attacks, but gets shot through the chest and hits the ground. As number 19 begins to drain Goku's energy, he is kicked in the face off to the side. Everyone turns to find Vegeta standing there, claiming that he will be the one to defeat Kakarot. to three,
0: 343.
3: Piccolo senses it's Vegeta and gets up. He was faking defeat the whole time and was planning on jumping in after the distraction. Vegeta says he's been watching the whole time. Goku knew it was his heart and yet turned into a super saiyan anyway and strained himself. Vegeta literally kicks Goku over to Piccolo and tells him to bring him home and give him his medicine. Yamcha takes off with Goku and will also take some medicine since it may be contagious. Number 20 tells number 19 not to bother taking off after them since it may be fun to deal with the rest of them first. Everyone wonders if it isn't going to just turn out like the boy from the future warned them of. Goku's got the heart disease, and they're all just going to be killed by the Jinzo Ningen. Piccolo says their own future may have been changed, though. Number 19 asks if he can take on Vegeta, which number 20 allows. He'll take out the rest of them afterward. Vegeta calmly knows that he will have to be aware of the palms, which absorb energy. Number 19 says they already know of all of his techniques. Vegeta continues, though, saying that they seemed surprised when Kakarot became a super Saiyajin. The Saiyajin cannot be reduced to numbers. I wonder if these artificial humans can feel fear. Vegeta, with a shitting grin on his face the whole time, transforms into a super Saiyajin. As everyone watches in wonder-slash-fear, Kanadin remarks that he thought they needed a pure heart to transform. Vegeta retorts that his heart is pure. Pure evil! He pushed himself to his limits, and when he hit the wall, he just lost it and transformed into a super saiyajin. Number 19 rushes in to attack and hits Vegeta right in the face. Vegeta, pushed back slightly, turns his head back around and smiles. When he transforms, everything gets heightened. They're lucky if they can't feel pain. With two kicks and a punch, number 19 is down, and Vegeta slowly walks over to him. Number 20 is quite concerned at this point. Julian, 344.
2: Chapter 344. Number Nineteen tries to get up and attack, but Vegeta handily knocks him away each time. When Vegeta lands by the crater he created from a massive hit, Nineteen jumps up and grabs Vegeta's two wrists. He is going to steal energy like this and will never let go. Vegeta seems fine with this, though, and props his legs up against Number 19's face. He pushes and pushes until he breaks away from Nineteen, complete with both of Number 19's hands. It's game over now. Number 19 begins to run away as Vegeta hovers up into the air. Vegeta tells Number 20 to wait his turn. He'll be next. Vegeta fires his new Big Bang attack down at Number 19, and when the smoke clears, all that remains is Number 19's head rolling to the side. Number 20 says that they did indeed miscalculate, but they still won't be able to win.
0: Chapter 345. Vegeta transforms back to normal and tells Number 20 he lost a lot of energy. Why doesn't he come in and beat him now? Number 20 seems to have something up his sleeve. He bursts off into the distance, hiding him on the rocks. And since he has no key, no one will be able to easily find him. Vegeta screams for a senzu and recovers back to full health. It was a good bluff. Vegeta needed to see for sure if and how they stole energy. He turns back into a super saiyajin and blasts off to go find number 20. Piccolo thinks Vegeta may even be stronger than Goku now. Vegeta calls for number 20 to come out and decides to just blast the area to flush him out, even with everyone else there since they're helping to look. Number 20 rushes out and absorbs the blast and quickly rushes away again. He notices everyone looking for him and figures he will absorb all of their energy and then finally take on Vegeta. Jeff.
1: Number 20 decides to go after Piccolo first. He sinks up and begins to suck up his energy, but Piccolo is able to telepathically contact Gohan, who rushes in and smacks Number 20 away. Everyone else senses what's going on, so they all surround Number 20. Gududin tosses Piccolo as Senzu, who gets back to full power and takes off his cape. He's ready to fight. He tells Vegeta to stay out of the way, and while Number 20 deliberates how he's going to handle the situation, Piccolo is already attacking the hell out of him before he can respond. Number 20 gets off the ground, unable to comprehend how this is possible. Meanwhile, two familiar-looking feet enter the frame and look down upon the island from before. It's Trunks. He's come back to help everyone, but they don't seem to be here. He doesn't have enough power in his time machine to go back any further and then still get home, so he'll have to make the best of it. He senses some fighting off in the distance and takes off to investigate. Bulma... The baby Trunks and Yajirobe are flying off in Bulma's car, Yajirobe's holding the baby. They see the boy from the future fly past them so they can assume they're heading in the right direction. As Piccolo continues attacking, even cutting off one of Number 20's hands, Trunks arrives on the prior scene of fighting to find Number 19's head and wonders which Jinzo Ningen they're fighting.
3: Marriott 347. Trunks reiterates that something's wrong, but sees an explosion off in the distance and heads that way. He says that wasn't a Jin Zonegan he recognized. Are there three of them? Back at the scene, Number 20 is still struggling to figure out how they made such a gross miscalculation about everyone. They all seem to be quite happy about their situation now. Vegeta tells Piccolo to finish him off, and as the evil old Piccolo-diamou that he is, he's quite happy to do so. But then Trunks shows up and Piccolo spits out his name in surprise, which, in turn, makes Vegeta realize who the hell that kid actually is. By this point, Number 20 knows he needs to get the hell out of there, back to the lab specifically. Trunks asks if this is the guy that they are fighting, clearly not recognizing him as one of the Jinzo from his future timeline. Bulma, Baby Trunks, and Yajirobe are coming in for a landing as everyone tries to figure out if their timeline has changed so much that the Jinzo are different now. Number 20 takes the distraction as an opportunity and fires a blast at the airship, but not before announcing that they're all dead because now number 17 and 18 are coming for them. As the smoke clears, Trunks has saved his mom and his baby self, while Vegeta's busy trying to figure out where number 20 went. Trunks flies up in front of Vegeta and asks why he didn't save his wife and child. Vegeta smirks, saying he didn't really care about them, and blasts off. Trunks just kinda stands in shock. Bulma notes that the Jinzo that was there looked a lot like the Dr. Garrow she had seen in her books before. Did he turn himself into a Jinzo julian 348
2: chapter 348 bulma confirms that the guy was dr Gero. her dad and other scientists said he was crazy but a genius vegeta gets a little upset that they were seemingly lied to but trunk says things must have all turned out differently because he interfered with the past he describes number 17 and 18 as a young guy with long black hair and a bandana around his neck and number 18 is a girl a pretty girl no less both of them have hooped earrings and cold stares Piccolo asks if they drain energy from their hands like the others, but Trunks says no. They have infinite energy. Vegeta asks Bulma where the lab is. She says they heard it was in the mountains in a cave somewhere up by North City. Piccolo says they should go destroy them before they have a chance to attack, but Vegeta wants to go and do it all on his own. Trunks tells them that they're wildly underestimating them and should wait for Goku to get back to health, but Vegeta just blasts off on his own. Trunks takes after him, saying he's not going to let his dad die again. Bulma wonders what he meant, so Piccolo Bless the cat out of the bag, he's Trunks, the same kid Bulma's holding right now. Bulma's pretty happy that their kid grows up to be such a handsome young man. He's a pretty scary looking baby. Piccolo and the others all take off while Gohan brings Bulma and the baby back home. Number 20, that is Dr. Gero, is rushing back to the lab but sees Vegeta and some other guy flying off past him in that same direction. At first he thinks it's a coincidence but figures that woman in the ship was probably Dr. Brief's daughter Bulma, so she would have recognized him and might know the general location of the lab. It'll be tough to find, though, so he should still be able to get there first and wake up number 17 and number 18. Trunks thinks back to what his mom said about Vegeta having some good in him and can't see this at all. He didn't even try to save Bulma and his baby self. Vegeta finds it interesting that he's following him, so he bursts off into Super Saiyajin mode and watches Trunks do the same.
0: Alright, last chapter here, 349. Everyone arrives in the general area and agree to raise their key if they find the cave so everyone will know where to go. Vegeta asks why Trunks is still following him. He doesn't intend to stop 17 and 18 from activating, does he? Will he fight him to do so? Trunks reiterates that Vegeta is underestimating them, but Vegeta says that should make him want to fight them even more. Dr. Garrow sees that they're all searching the area, but he's already there. He rushes into the cave, but Kututun spots him. As Kututun calls the others, Dr. Garrow smirks and shuts the cave door behind him. Inside, there are a couple of pods set up around the laboratory. One seems open, and another two are closed with 17 and 18 written on them. Dr. Garrow hopes the problem with them is fixed and activates number 17. Number 17 gets out and greets him as Dr. Gero-sama. So he's pleased that they're under control. Apparently, he puts so much effort into their energy supplies that he couldn't control them before, and they wouldn't accept orders. He then activates number 18, who gets out, exchanges glances with number 17, looks over to Dr. Gero, and specifically what's in his hand, and greets him appropriately as well. As there is pounding on the door, Dr. Gero explains to them that Son Goku's friends are outside, and they are to kill them all. In the blink of an eye, however, Number 17 snatches the device from Dr. Garrow's hand. It's an emergency shutdown device for the two of them, which he crushes in his hand. Outside, as Piccolo is ready to blast the door down, they hear from behind the door Dr. Garrow yelling at Number 17 and Number 18. They are awake. So now that we have finished this volume... Jeff, I would love to check in with your predictions from last time. Oh, dear God. And these were funny because we came to the conclusion that as we do more and more manga reviews of awesomeness, you have less and less in the way of predictions to make. That's right. And we also further decided that you like this because it's less easy to call what's going to happen. Toriyama's keeping you on your toes at this point.
1: Exactly. I think there was plenty of stuff that I could not have predicted. If you see what what happens in this volume, I don't think...
0: No, you never would have seen it coming.
1: I, no, I don't think anybody would have seen any of this coming, exactly. So-
0: What you did say was that immediately these two beings are going to cause some destruction in the city. Sure enough. Yeah. Cause some destruction in the city. (laughs) Destroyed a major portion of it. Plenty, sure. Good. And he said it's going to be rather hard to get them out of the city. Now, this is very interesting because I loved, well, at the time we didn't know who it was, but Dr. Garrett's response where he just destroys an area and he's like, well, that's what you wanted, right? There's no people here. Such a <laughs> shitty response. I it really that. is. <laughs> you didn't have much else to say. You really uh, had no idea where this was going.
1: I knew they were fighting. That's really all I could guess at that point.
0: So let me start with you then. You had no idea where this volume was going. Nope. How did you feel about this one?
1: Uh, well, surprise. Okay. I think certainly sure. is obvious, but, uh, no, I mean, there was, um, a lot of stuff in there where when you see it happen, it kind of just clicks and you go, Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess, uh, just to go into one of the topics that is sure. major in this, in this whole, uh, volume is, uh, trunks coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Which I totally did not see coming. Okay. So. I well, mean, hold on,
0: because you have seen the TV version of some of the later Cell Game stuff. Yes. So you've seen Trunks there. So was it just that you didn't know how this was going to get to that point? And- well, I mean, I
1: don't know. I mean, I, I didn't see when he actually arrived for the Cell games. Sure. So I don't know if, and I don't expect to hear the answer to this. but yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if, since he's showing up now, he's going to stay now stay for the now or Games. Go back. He's, he's
0: already talked about, how, oh, I only have so much energy to do what I need to do and get back home. Right. So.
1: right. He was saying that he didn't exactly have the perfect opportunity to go right. back yet. So is he going to stick around for a while? I mean, yeah. how is that going to work? Okay. So, so I that mean, was a shock to you. That, that was a real shock. But, okay. I mean, again, it made a lot of sense because he's... I, I think it was great that, I mean, completely unexpected that he shows up and looks at the uh, Jin Jinzong Ningen and goes uh who are the that's guys? not right <laughs> yeah like that was like oh crap <laughs> yeah that's awesome
0: well that, that was one of my points trunks showing up again you liked it
1: yeah okay. oh yeah i did i definitely did because uh i i think um i i mean i don't know if there's much of a reason for him to show up but at the same time him being there really did uh provide some good moments in the volume i thought
3: all right let me turn it over to mary real quick then trunks returns yes i i I loved you it like of this? course and also because it adds um, you know, more elements of surprise in that Piccolo finally lets the cat out of the bag Yeah, yeah. and we get some Trunks! Um, really awkward moments between Vegeta and Trunks which is well, pretty let's cool talk about that there's some really good stuff
0: in there the moment I want to bring up is uh, Trunks having to save himself because Vegeta doesn't jump in Jeff you had some comments previously about Vegeta being a badass and does he really care about Bulma and his baby self what's he gonna do I think this is the kind of situation scene, you were either, I don't know if you were hoping for it or expecting it. or So that particular scene, how'd you feel about that one?
1: Yeah, that was uh, I, I, I'll i agree with Mary. I think there was a good moment of awkwardness in yeah. just that whole transaction, I guess. I don't know. It it was kind of weird for me, I guess. I don't know. I, I You know, I didn't really pay so much attention to that whole thing because I was still trying to get over, wait a minute, Yachirobe didn't know anything about the kid? Or like, <laughs> who, wait, who knows and who doesn't know? I'm, right, I'm confused. Right. So yeah, I was sort of reeling from that. But yeah, right. I, I thought it was kind of funny how uh, trunks had this exchange with vegeta and they're just like well uh, vegeta kind of figured it out
0: well yeah when piccolo blurted it out that's when he figured it all out and it's interesting that all right shock immediately but then he just gets pissy with him he's like "Ah, oh, you're following me what do you think you're gonna do it's not even compassion for my son it's just you little bitch you're yeah. nothing
1: yeah, he he just doesn't care. Yeah. That's that's the Vegeta I know and love.
0: Okay, sure. This volume, I think, was ripe with exposition. So, Julian, let me ask you. We've come off of uh the Frieza arc, which, you know, we had some exposition here and there. You know, the history with the Saiyan and all that stuff. But it basically devolved into Frieza and Goku punching each other for, like, three volumes. And now we're coming off of Trunks, and we have a time skip three years ahead. There's all sorts of stuff going on. How do you feel about it, kind of mixing it up again with lots of action and lots of explanation at the same time?
2: It's good, although I feel like Toriyama liberally borrowed from the Terminator.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So the the Jinzo Ningen, Guynet and Trunks, Kyle Reese, and John Connor, and <laughs> the good guys are just in there to mix it up. Right, nice. right.
0: So... Now that Trunks is back and, you know, oh, those are the wrong Jin Again, we're starting to see some of the results of the time travel. Before it was just, oh, I'm going to warn you about the future, but now things seem to be messed up, at least according to Trunks. How do you feel about that? I mean, there's so many different kinds of time travel. There's the the back-to-the-future style, there's the Terminator style, now we've got the Dragon Ball style as well. Remember, let me pull it over to you, because I know you enjoy this story arc. Do you like where Toriyama is starting to go with explaining a little bit now about the time travel and how it works?
3: I think so, just because we get these um, effects that we didn't expect to see, because Trunks did come and warn everybody about the heart disease, and it happened anyway. Right. And uh, the Jinzo Ningen, and yet they destroyed a city, so they are kind of helpless there. Right. So it's almost like Trunks showing up for the first time was, I don't want to say useless, right. but True. they weren't really able to stop anything, so it was kind of a, a nice twist on it. They were prepared in the power sense. Yeah. But not Not ready prepared enough, yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's flash forward a little bit then, uh, ignoring the heart disease. I do want to come back to that. But uh, Jeff, you and I and Mary, we watched the scene from the TV version as well, where Vegeta finally becomes his Super Saiyajin. That was expanded upon in the TV version a little bit with him out in space and trying to train and stuff. All right, so here we are. Goku, then we saw Trunks, now we have Vegeta. We are up to three characters. That can turn Super side. and Jeff, let me start with you. How do you feel about this? Is it getting too crowded now? Is it making sense? Do you buy his explanation, pure evil?
1: Didn't that joke come up once before?
0: We've talked about that before, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I know someone else was like, eh, I have a heart of pure evil, so I can do such and such. I, I was probably alluding to this. Yeah, but it, it, it didn't show up in the manga before. like Some characters saying they had pure evil so they could do some special thing, like writing... Uh, uh, Kintone, or
0: oh yeah, we had that as well. You had to have a pure heart in order to ride the cloud, and there was Akuman who uh, would find the evil in your heart and destroy you from within. But Koku or whoever didn't have anything in him, and right. So, so maybe you're right. They have touched upon this a little bit.
1: Yeah, like I read the joking one. Um, I've seen this before.
0: Oh. Right, interesting.
1: Yeah, so I was kind of eh, a little miffed about that, but um as far as everybody turning Super Saiyan, like, well, three characters exactly in this one, right? I don't know. Actually, it didn't seem like it was too crowded because you know, honestly, if Goku was the only one to turn Super Saiyan, that'd be the end of the manga right here. Yeah, <laughs> basically, it's like okay, well. There's the major plot point. That's the end of it.
0: To continue, you need more
1: characters to do it then. You totally do. That's just how Toriyama thinks, man. I'm just so used to him (laughs) being able to pull this stuff that it's like, you know, even the whole time travel thing going on its ear and just completely going against how time travel works in other series.
0: Right. Do something.
1: It's just another thing where it's like he'll take all these concepts and then just turn into something long lasting where it would only take like about two minutes normally. Is the
0: transformation itself still novel to you, though? Like, Is it still cool to see? Yeah, I think so. Okay.
1: I, I think so because it's fresh in this context. Right, right. So, I mean, um, I'm certainly not all that. It's like, what's that saying? Too many cooks in the kitchen? Right, right. I don't know. I just don't feel that here. I think it's like seeing Vegeta have that power as well. Uh huh. Was awesome because it was like, okay, now he gets to have his moment to. Sure beat yep. these guys up, just so he can fight Goku later. Right. And he's right. so, you His know,
0: typical explanation of, I'm not here, I don't care about you guys, my goal is Kakarot, you're all dead just so I can fight him.
1: Right, exactly. Like, I just love seeing that stuff Stealing
0: because, Piccolo's shtick, but fine.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, maybe he even could beat uh, Goku at this point.
0: Right, even Piccolo's like, I don't know about this, they're kind of powerful.
1: Yeah, so uh, that was kind of refreshing, and then um, when Trunks does it, it makes sense to me because he's in the future. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, I would probably have to go back and look at the previous volumes to see what exactly the mythology of the Super Saiyan was.
0: Okay, To see if it
1: was supposed to be just one guy. Right. I don't don't remember how much
0: of that stuff. Sure. Yeah, I don't
1: think that was clearly, clearly mentioned. I mean, characters were saying what a Super Saiyan is, but they didn't say anything about only one guy, right?
0: I don't think Toriyama knew where he was going, so he left it open. Right? Yep. Yep. So, I don't know. I thought, "Hey, cool. Whatever." All right. Good volume. <laughs> Julian, let me turn it back over to you. I want to talk about the heart virus for a little bit. How do you feel about Gohan's explanation of Oh, well, we never saw the symptoms, so we never took it, and conveniently he's getting it now. Does that work for you? Well, it's
2: possible that because he was training himself, he kept himself up to a sort of strength where it wasn't able to affect him, but now in the heat of battle, it's right. suddenly... Right, well,
0: there was that comment from Vegeta where he's like, you idiot, you knew it was affecting you, and you turned Super Saiyajin anyway to strain yourself, so...
2: Yeah, and I... Viruses have different incubation periods, but I have no idea about a fictional <laughs> virus. for your
0: medical advice here.
1: Well, wait, I mean, heart disease patients uh, or anybody with heart disease can get a heart attack from something traumatic happening with them involved. So, you know,
0: it's possible. <laughs> well, we're not dispensing medical advice, Jeff.
1: No, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely written and proven in many
2: places sure, that this sure, sort of thing sure.
0: can
1: happen. I thought it was perfectly normal.
0: So, Julian, you buy it. It, it works for
2: you. Uh, well, it, it's a bit... Contrive that he would get it right then, yeah. but sure. But there's a lot of contrived sort of coincidences. In a this lot
0: thing. of oh my god, Gohan's tail popped out right at the right moment. <sighs> I don't know. I think Toriyama's using it to his benefit, but I don't know how much I, I buy. I'll have you know tail
1: popping is totally documented as being <laughs> medically <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yes. right, I'm I'm done, I'm sorry.
0: Under matters of extreme trauma.
2: Charles Dickens used contrived coincidences all the time and that he's considered one of the greatest writers of the English language. This is true. Alright, so Toriyama is, is
0: Dickens. Fine. Something I do want to bring up, we briefly hinted at this when we were doing the last manga review of Awesomeness. When Trunks first shows up, He says number 19 and number 20, which are clearly the ones that we first see show up. But then he says they're wrong. And then he tells us all about 17 and 18 and inaccurately describes them. Well, here's what's going on. It's not a mistake. Well, it's sort of a mistake. There's a a story behind here. It's actually retconned in a way. Toriyama's old editor from the slump days in early Dragon Ball, Kazuhiko Torishima.
2: Dr. Mashirito. uh
0: Aha, that's right. Another android villain. Called him up and said, they're just... A geezer and a fatso. So (laughs) Toriyama had just planned on those two. And with that comment, he decided to bring out number 17 and number 18. Now, there's a little bit more information here, but I'm going to save it for later because it's going to uh, affect the next couple volumes. Uh, This comes from the Shenron Times number 2 with uh, Daisenshu number 2 it was in there and Herms translated a lot of that stuff over on our forum so you can read up uh, about that well, that kind of explains away that little I don't want to say mistake because Toriyama had originally intended on just number 19 and number 20 so remember let me ask you now that we know the backstory on this (laughs) How would you feel about an entire story arc of just number 19 and number 20? I'd
3: be bored. I mean, I'd be curious to know where Toriyama wanted to take it, but yeah, they're not very fun to look at. Well, yeah, and knowing where the rest of the saga goes. Right.
0: Do you think these uh, old acquaintances
3: made the right call? I have to say so. I'm with you. I think people like hip-looking kids instead of a uh, fatso and an old
0: geezer. Well, even he had some comments on the kids, too, but we'll talk about that with next volume. I think that's pretty interesting. Uh, Mary, I want to stick with you for a little bit. We talked briefly about Vegeta's transformation scene uh, being a little more dragged out. There's a lot of stuff in the TV version that was dragged out a little more. Maybe Goku in the number 19 fight. Right. How would you feel coming back to the manga version? Here? It
3: was great. I, I really enjoyed this very, very short Fight in the manga. I remember watching these episodes originally on fan subs, and I would watch this particular set from covering this volume of the manga into the next one like over and over again. But I would always fast forward the Goku in 19 fight. Oh, really? And even a little bit of the Vegeta in 19 fight because mm-hmm. I felt like it just went on a little bit too much. Right. And the manga obviously didn't have that issue. No. Goes right through it. It's good stuff.
0: Speaking of Vegeta in 19, we are introduced to a new signature attack. Very exciting here. It's Quite been a while. while. Super Vegeta no Big Bang attack. So now we are naming attacks in straight up English from Vegeta here. Will not be the last time that we have it. Jeff, let me ask you. We've seen the Kamehameha. Yes. We got the big bang attack thrown in here now. It's it's a blast. Were you interested?
1: Rolling the eyes <laughs> in the back <laughs> of my head.
0: Was it a cool setup? I mean, did you feel anything from it? No. Nothing?
1: No, not at all. Uh, too a little too late.
0: Okay. That's Vegeta it. needed something sooner.
1: I, you know what? I would have needed some consistency when it came to that because uh there was like a good couple of volumes where it was new attack, new attack, new attack, and we were covering it.
0: Especially early Dragon Ball with the right? um, Tenkei Chibidoka. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there
1: were so many that we were covering then. And it's been nothing for volumes. I well, mean, it's Vegeta just in particular,
0: the only thing we ever saw was the Gyat Goho with uh, the Kamehameha battle mm-hmm. uh, when he first came to Earth. He went the entire Frieza arc with, like, Nothing. Right. He's in the ground for a volume or so, and here he, he's getting a new attack. No.
1: Mm, yeah. Nothing.
0: That's fine. it's fine. It's one. No. Julie, let me go back to you. Uh, I don't have a whole lot else in terms of uh, general notes about the volume itself, stories, or anything you want to bring up. Anything stick out to you? Do you even enjoy it?
2: Oh, I I enjoy it, and I think it's interesting in a way how blatant the um, plot revision is.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: Um, and you know, I I think it it's a fun. It's a fun ride where you don't really know where it's going. I mean, it's it's kind of contrived, and there are some things that are obviously, ooh, let's throw this in, but, you know, I think it's fun.
0: I agree. It does kind of seem Dr. Garrow pops out and says, oh, no, but wait for 17 and 18. Oh, no, he's got some more behind him. I don't know.
1: I don't know. That was kind of hidden a bit, though, because of Trunks looking down and saying, those aren't the guys I was talking about. So
0: you think he covered it up well enough?
1: I kind of thought so. I mean, uh, just the way that, that, you know, it's, it's funny because, um, if the original intent was just to be with the old man, the gee, no uh, wait, the loves it the fat guy, the fat and, the guy and the geezer, yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be that. Then Trunks coming back being like a written part of the story that uh-huh. part really wasn't covered up then, <laughs> but um, but him coming back just to say those aren't the guys like that kind of I
0: think that's a really cool moment it's, you know that it, distracts it's great frame, it too the the shot of his feet you're yeah. like what's that oh my god it's Trunks there he is
1: yeah like that was that was a good intro nice. I don't know maybe maybe it was uh, pandering to the fans a little bit but
0: right I, yeah I it was it pandering was to you how good. do you feel about that feet are hot <laughs> feet are hot. I like his boots. They're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it works. Mary, how about you? Do you have anything else about this volume? We already talked to you. You don't care too much for uh, the TV version, but it moved along fast. Is it enjoyable to you?
3: Yeah, because it is so compact compared to what I remember from the show. So it was a nice, easy to get through. Is it good on series- its own merits? Yeah, though. I think so. Just because it's very different, um, you know, this whole fighting robots thing. I mean, I know we did that with the Red Ribbon Army, but this is yeah. a whole new thing with the whole energy <laughs> absorption Army, thing. Yeah. That's new with the palms and all that. That's True. a very different tactic. Like, no, don't shoot energy at it. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so that's a little bit different. Nice to bring that back. And we get Trunks back. Right. So, Yay.
0: <laughs> So, Julian enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. Jeff, how about you? Let me get your actual opinion on the volume. Did you really enjoy this one or no? Um, or just middle of the road? I can't engage you.
1: Well, uh, yeah. I think it's because my opinion is probably just meh at okay. this volume, I guess. Uh, it, it's It's got some nice things yeah. in it. Yeah. I'll agree with Julian that there were some things that just sort of seemed a little coincidental or just kind of written in to get the story going. But uh, it wasn't so much to the point that I would write off the entire volume. Okay. So, uh, in fact, there's uh, there's actually stuff that I kind of wanted to pick out because I'm seeing and a lot of stuff as I'm flipping through it.
0: Yeah, yeah, what you got?
1: The original character designs for 17 and 18, Uh huh. they are ugly. I don't know if anyone else is looking at the same panels I am, but honestly, it's like the eyes are way too big on 18.
0: Oh, when they first get out of the uh Yeah. Box. Oh, no, their eyes are going to be huge.
1: Oy. I
3: I think so. I, think I thought do. their eyes were very slanty and cold, but then sometimes they get big too. Yeah, I think sometimes they're really big.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I think he has to adjust to their their style before he can draw. I don't know. Like the first time they come out of the capsules, it just looks really sort of odd. I mean, we we haven't really covered much of the well, artwork let yet. Let me ask
0: you: is that is that work because they are supposed to be these artificial humans? Are you getting that creepy vibe off of them?
1: You know. Um, I am getting that. What I'm not getting is how Kududdin is attracted to (laughs) her. We'll get there. (laughs) I am kind of jumping ahead. But no, but I I just thought that some of the character designs later on just was a little... Eh, not it, not up to par. I guess. I mean, it is making sense because they are androids, technically, or yeah. zoning in. But I mean, it's like cyborgs, right? We'll get to that. But it still just seems like okay. They're they're kind of like kids for these newer well, androids. Well, trunks
0: to describe them is pretty young. So
1: yeah. I, well, if you take a look at the history of how they would introduce these new characters or new enemies, I guess you could say uh-huh. it's like freaky one human one, freaky one human one, freaky one human one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's like it's like. Vegeta, Piccolo, did it going down the line of like human, android, human, alien, human.
0: Whatever. Something yeah.
1: else. So it's like... Family well, here Man we and go. That this. guy and
0: geezer? Young kids.
1: It makes sense. Okay. But yeah, I just wasn't keen to how they were illustrated. The other thing that I wanted to bring up... Sure. ...was the eye beam that levels one? a city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hey, they're so, pretty strong,
0: man. They were formed for the specific purpose of killing Son Goku.
1: Right. And So, so blow off a city. Did they fire it at him ever, or were they just pointing their hands at him and trying to steal his energy? Because let's see,
2: you, you got to admit, for the amount of energy they're putting into this, they don't really seem to be that interested in just killing Goku <laughs> out, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, is that' what you're getting at. I, that
1: yeah. it's they have this like freaking ridiculous i beam power that levels a city. You're they telling me they're so
0: never hard, gonna fire it? Like, let's play a game. I,
1: just, Get, uh, yeah, that that was like I I just got thrown off there. Like I, it was starting good and but then you're, I was
2: really, off. you're required to be cocky
1: because <laughs> if you're not, you know, then you're too. Effective. They're 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 Jinzo Ningen. They're cyborgs. They 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 shouldn't have that. They should uh, they should uh, be.
0: Well, he is actually Doctor Gero though. He converted himself into a Jinzo Ningen.
1: His brain is in a glass case on top of his head,
0: Jeff. Would you put your brain in a robot human body?
1: Um, I'll say no. So I guess I'm not in any right to say that he wouldn't fire an i beam attack at the person that you should be killing immediately when he really should be. But he
0: should have put it in
1: a robot shark. I put it in something better. I, oh yeah, robot shark. I like that. <laughs> Holy crap! Nice,
0: nice. Guy. Alright, does anyone have any uh I didn't say what I thought about it. This is one of those volumes where as I'm reading it, I'm really, really enjoying it. But then in retrospect I'm like, I don't know how I feel about it. I know, it's very strange. I have these weird up and down relationships with uh particular volumes and arcs.
1: It's the Red Ribbon Army. I'm telling you. They just they just don't <laughs> just sit well.
0: Anything involving them, yeah, I didn't do this so much.
1: Yep, yep. You're feeling what I felt.
0: All right, sure. What I want to turn it over to you then is uh we started doing this with the last volume. You know, I love our buddies over at Content High. I love where Dragon Ball is right now in terms of fandom and websites. Nothing like it was 10 years ago when we're all high school kids like, fuck you, man. I'm a better website maintainer than you. Now we're all working together <laughs> and holding hands and dancing. Good See, times. Play, uh... That's right. So Herms threw together a couple notes about the Viz translation because, well, Jeff, you are reading the Viz translation. Yes. So there's a couple of weird things in there that we want to point out to you, but also to, you know, some of the listeners as well.
1: And grammatical issues as well. Oh,
0: God. There's such a funny... Your, uh, can you pull it up while I'm talking about some yeah, of this yeah, other it, stuff? You remember where it was? Yes. It's like
3: all sick in the last print. All right.
0: Julian, why don't you tell me about the first one here? This is uh, something to do with the Jinzo Ningen and how they, I don't know, identify characters. What's up here?
2: Yes. So uh, the first part that Hermes mentions is that when Yamcha is coming and the androids think it's Goku... Number 19 says Son Goku, and in the text balloon, it's written in katakana rather than kanji. Now, Herms notes that number 8 did the same thing back in the Red Ribbon arc, and he's not exactly sure what the significance is, but he has a few ideas, like robots, computers, or other machines, usually shown talking in katakana, which I think is kind of the same thing as using a sort of like digital clock font yeah, for robots right. in uh, English <clears throat> as well as because katakana is much sharper and squarer than hiragana and so feels more mechanical and uh, 8 and 19 don't do this in general perhaps because they're more advanced but maybe them doing it for goku is a nod to this and alternatively in a manga when people hear a word they're not familiar with they often repeat it in katakana because they don't know what the kanji is right oh uh, well, like when number set, twenty says super saiyajin in response because he doesn't know what what that is that yeah is. right of course super is written out in katakana rather than kanji with katakana furigana like it normally is of course supa being just a transliteration of super that's kind of debatable. um he also thinks it might be similar to the way that children often speak in hiragana the same way that bu does because they don't know kanji no, my personal feeling is that it could be the robotic thing Especially if you note know the robot that uh, Goku has fly him to where Muscle Tower is. Right, it speaks right. pretty much like that.
0: I've determined right now that that was my favorite character in the manga ever. Forget <laughs> a pool. It was that robot. It's just like, where do you want to go? Over there. Well, go there.
2: <laughs> it's, it's kind of far. <laughs>
0: All right. Anyway, please continue. Just remember in that but, great moment. Um, I think I think
2: it. I think the most logical explanation is either that he doesn't know what the kanji is, or that the way that it's programmed in is through the pronunciation, like katakana. Right. Especially old computers didn't really have the technology to convert uh, phonetic input into kanji, so they just had it as as uh, katakana. Oh,
0: gotcha. So I
2: think that seems to be the most logical explanation. They do that with phones too, where my phone has a feature where basically it announces to you who's calling if you choose to turn that feature on Uh so when you put somebody's name in your address book you put in the kanji and then underneath it you put in the pronunciation which is in katakana
0: Ah, okay neat
2: yeah so i I think that's probably an artifact of the way that machines are programmed
0: why don't we move on to the next one here i'm gonna keep with you here because it's a little bit of uh japanese difference between terms it has to do with uh the way goku speaks to 19 and 20
2: it's his threat to number nineteen and twenty before they fight is teyaru, which means basically "I'll break you." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sorry, except without without the South American accent. Right. Um, Viz has this as "I'll tear you to pieces," which Herm's thinks is okay, but maybe it kind of masks the meaning a little bit. But he says this instead of which is "I'll kill you," presumably because they're mechanical and all. Although I think that's kind of out of character for Goku as well.
0: Right. Knowing the difference and adjusting his speech pattern to it. Yeah.
2: So just to break down the uh grammar of this uh break is koasu or kowashite in the let's see continuative form it's kind of hard to explain without going into in depth into japanese grammar and yaru is a is a suffix that it's it's kind of the same thing as ageru except it has a nuance of being so doing something for the other's sake but like that will obviously negatively impact the other person so kowashite yaru I, i will break you okay and and the boot plus the double consonant at the beginning makes it um stronger in affect so for example koas is i'll break you but book is i will break you <laughs>
0: <laughs> gotta pull it in again <laughs> herms goes on a little bit and he has something about the way 17 uh speaks to garo but before that when he uh First comes out of the pod, and there's that exchange glance with the number eighteen. It's missing from the Viz version. I think they do a, a good enough job of sort of writing around it and explaining it. But there's one specific thing that Garrow latches onto that makes him trust them at first, and that's when seventeen comes out. He says, "Ohio, gozaimasu, dr sama He throws on the "sama" suffix. There is the um, how would you describe it, Julian? Just like a, a really. Um, Respectful thing you want to throw on there.
2: Yes, so it's an honorific. It's the more formal version of san, and it's used in contexts. For example, if you're a hotel front desk employee referring to customers and things like that, but it's also very formal. And if you want to show your respect uh, to someone who is important, you would perhaps use that in deference to san. Gotcha. Uh, or in preference to san. Right. Um, However, it it seems weird. In this case, and it seems obviously like Gero wants them to treat him like he's of much higher status since he obviously made them what they are.
0: Right. Uh, and that's the whole point here, is that they come out and say "someone," and he's like, all right, you're fixed. All right, let me get number 18 out here.
2: He also says, ohayo gozaimasu, which is the formal version. And so he's obviously being very polite. So Ghetto thinks because they're being so polite, they're fixed, right. which is obviously a fallacy given how we saw Frieza. But,
0: uh, <laughs> true enough, true enough. But why don't we continue here because 17, uh, his speech pattern does change after, you know, kind of – grabs the remote and destroys stuff here.
2: Yes, yeah, so after he rebels, he calls Gero a Sojiji, which is a crap geezer or a dirty old man. And it's the same insult Paikuhan uses to break through Janemba's barrier against King Enmai in movie 12, as well as the most common name that Sanji uses for Zef in One Piece.
0: Right. So he's just being a little bastard here.
2: <clears throat> yes. So yeah, like Alter Cocker, you know.
0: Right, right. Herms has another note here about um, what Piccolo was saying after he gets up when Vegeta arrives. Um, He explains that he was trying to catch the androids off guard since they think he was already defeated and all. In Viz, what they say is he was trying to distract them from Goku, which is the opposite of what was there since... He was trying to get the androids to ignore him while distracted. And just, it's accurate enough, but it just kind of flips the intended meaning around. So, it's a little strange there.
2: His tactic was to play dead, so they ignored him and then get the jump on them, basically. Right,
0: right. So, another odd thing here. This was really weird. Mary, I know you latched on to this as well. Uh, The original version, what it read here, this is Vegeta. He says, The time had finally come when I could surpass Kakaroto and return to being the Saiyan Prince. And Viz says... I finally surpassed Kakarot. I could be the true Saiyan Messiah. What? Messiah, He doesn't have
3: that kind of aspiration.
2: Messiah is weird for two reasons here. One of them is that uh, Oji, Prince, is pretty unmistakable for Kyu Seishu, Messiah. Right, right. The other thing is that it's weird because as far as I know, Viz doesn't really use the term Messiah later on where it's applied to Mr. Satan.
0: Right, it's... I don't know. What what do you think they were doing with this? Are they just trying to really sell it?
2: I have no idea.
0: Very strange. All right, let me move on. There's another weird translation issue here. When Trunks arrives, his explanation of the time machine has changed a little bit. What the original version read was, uh, what's more, the time machine isn't perfect, so it may be slightly off again. And Invisit says, and I can't risk even the slightest inaccuracy. So what he's explaining is why there's the risk is that his time machine isn't perfect. That That part gets left out. Yeah, the original line implies that Trunks' time machine has dropped him off slightly, you know, at the wrong time. Is he too late, too early? He doesn't even know what's going on, which may be intended as an explanation for why Trunks shows up so late. So they just leave out a little bit of information there about, you know, it's not so precise, which is why he showed up a little after the uh, conflict started when he probably intended to get there before it and maybe help out in the fight. Julie, why don't you take the last one here? We've had a lot of very strange viz Chapter title renamings almost lots of song nods here and there what's up with this one
2: yes well this is title for Dragon Ball chapter 347 or DBZ 153 is A Sound of Thunder Uh, and actually um, so the original title was uh, much more mundane here it was simply Trunks' Suspicion which indeed he does have some suspicion in this chapter (laughs) Um, but A Sound of Thunder is a reference to a short story by Ray Bradbury uh, this is about how very small changes in the past can have big repercussions in the future. So, um, oh, it's it, the butterfly effect. Yes. Yes. Well, the, specifically the time travelers in the story accidentally step on a single butterfly. Right, right.
0: That's right. And
2: them. this is parodied in the Simpsons episode where it ends, I think, with donuts raining down from the sky or something <laughs> like that.
0: So that's that. Those were uh, some weird issues. Oh, Jeff, you have the uh, grammatical typo issue here. This is from the second printing of this, by the way. Would you like to read it for me?
1: Your will not make us sleep again. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah the
0: you are contraction of your
1: that's right i think they tried to go for two
2: different things at the same time you are not going to make sleep again and right. you will not and right just decided to mix them up because they couldn't decide
0: <laughs> i love how it's in the second printing too that means yeah, right. it stayed in couldn't there catch no one read it. 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 couldn't
1: catch it couldn't catch after the first
2: one no. that's sneaky
0: that's great all right so i think that actually concludes our manga review of awesomeness this time but before we finish it off for reels jeff oh no I'm holding the next volume in my hand. Great. We have finished it off. Vegeta's Super Saiyan. 17 and 18, have just been awoken in the lab. Gero is uh, flipping out a little bit. He doesn't know what's going on. Everyone's outside. Goku's got the disease. Where are we going, man? Next volume.
1: All right. I got a really easy one to start off with. Sure, sure. Gero's dead.
0: Gero's dead. All right. Yeah,
1: easily. (laughs) Um, Everybody's going to fight 17 and 18, basically. Okay. Um. I hate to predict at this point in time. I think we're going to have to start... Uh really stop predictions when it gets to the point where i've seen it in the anime but uh i'm totally gonna say hey guess what 17 18 can't die okay because i've seen them so Um,
0: when have you seen oh yeah i guess so
1: so it's kind of like uh i don't know if it's unfair to say that but i will say that they're not dying
0: well jeff you don't know because we have the greatest deus ex machina in the series the dragon balls
1: this is true yeah but all right this is true well (laughs) i'm still gonna say they're not dying okay I'm still going to go that path. All right. Um, And uh, it's inevitable. They're going to be fighting. I mean, it's just, uh, I I can't see any other way around it, especially because Trunks is going to see them and recognize them.
0: Right. Yeah. He knows what these two are.
1: Yeah. So uh, his goal is obviously to kill them, or at least to to see them die in some way. Right. Uh, Goku's going to come back because, uh, hey, he needs to take his meds, right? Yep. So he's going to- Will we see
0: Goku next volume?
1: I I agree
0: that,
1: uh, I'm going to say that he will come back. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it will be nice to see Vegeta kind of take on this He's big almost persona. a leader at this point. He really is. Yeah, yeah it, it's, that's sort of scary. Piccolo's not too it.
0: happy about it, but...
1: That's what I find funny. Yeah. Maybe there should be more dynamic between Piccolo the <laughs> and There's a nice little bit now. with them here, yeah. It's like, but I wanted to kill Goku. And Piccolo's Aww. like,
0: oh, I'm going to finish him off. And just like, i oh, just hurry up and do it. And then we get that line about... No worries, I am Piccolo Daimo, and I will destroy them. (laughs) Love that. He's like, (laughs) Goku's not around. I can be a badass. It doesn't matter.
1: I'll beat up his kid, whatever. Right, right. (laughs) Um, so yes. you think
0: uh, Goku's back next mm-hmm. volume, he's going to take his medicine, we're yes. going to have some fighting with 17 and 18, is yep. dead, mm-hmm. you got anything else?
1: Um, I think we'll see another Garrow creation somehow, or mention, or at least okay. mention somewhere in the volume is another Garrow creation.
0: Okay, you don't think it's it with 17 and 18? I don't think so. Because we have all of this... You know, the old editor calling up, hey, what's up with these? And all right, we got 17 and 18 now, so maybe Toriyama's going to leave himself open to introduce something else.
1: For uh, Toriyama, when it rains, it pours. <laughs>
0: okay, sure. <laughs> leave it open. Yep. All right. That's good. Jeff, well, thank you for your predictions. Those were enthralling. Yep. I was glad we were able to pull a little more out of you this time. Do you think it's because, you know, we're going with the new story arc, so you can kind of go along with it? You can read a little more into it once we get going?
1: Half that and half knowing what comes up much later.
0: Okay. Alright, so, with the manga review of Awesomeness done, let's just take it on over to some releases. Julian, start us over in Japan on August 4th, so just a couple days from now.
2: Yes, August 4th, Tuesday, the TV version anime comics Dragon Ball Z Majin Buu Fukatsuhen, Volume 2. This is part of the Redundantly Redundant anime comic series from Shueisha. It's 730 yen, and it's available from the usual subjects.
4: Oh,
2: Interested?
0: Have you picked up any? Do you own a single volume of it?
2: I picked up one a long time ago, and I think I eventually sold it.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, I
2: only got two. I was curious, and and then I decided I didn't need it anymore.
0: Mary, why don't you tell me what is up next on August
3: 18th? All right, we've got Viz big Dragon Ball 5. No, we don't. Not Z. The original oh, Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball 5. Yeah. Sorry, this is Z. It covers the original Tanko Bone. Oh, Mary, come on. Tanko Bone. There we go. Numbers 13 through 15. Or it is Dragon Ball number 13 through 15. They retail for uh, 17 dollars Or you can pre-order them from Amazon at uh, 12 bucks and 23 cents. It's a good pre-order price. I th- yeah. I think they do really good there.
2: So what about Dragon Ball Volume 16? Like, the only part that's left before it goes into Dragon Ball Z.
3: Okay, that's a
0: good question. Maybe this one does cover 16. Let me click on the Amazon link and see what's up. Someone should tell us. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I'll get this going here. August 19th, that's a Wednesday. We have the Dragon Ball Kai original soundtrack Volume 1, clearly implying there will be more in the future. There are going to be regular and limited edition versions of this. Those will be... Uh, 35744 four and 35733 three, three, respectively of COCX that would be Colombia it's going to be 35 tracks. That would be the TV size opening and ending, and then 33 background music tracks. Although the limited edition version is getting three extra tracks. I have written here two, but they just put out the track list. It looks like there's three. Uh, they're going to be 2,940 yen and 3,150 yen respectively, so not too much of a difference. I think if you're going to buy, you might as well get that limited edition version and get the couple extra tracks. You can save a couple bucks over at CD Japan and, uh, Amazon Japan. I think Play Asia has them up as well. So you can get them there. Jeff, why don't you tell me what's coming out on August 26th?
1: So on that Wednesday, August 26th, we have the Power of Dreamer CD single. This is with Hiroki Takahashi. It is the vocal theme song to Tenkaichi Da Boken, which is for Daiboken. the Wii. Daiboken. boken Daiboken. boken There you go. For the Wii. Yes. It's got the code of LACM4647 and uh, MSRP of 1200 yen. Uh, but it looks like you can pre order for 1143 yen at CD Japan.
0: Yepers, that would be the performer of Makafushiki Autobencha, the original opening theme to Dragon Ball. So it's uh. cool to see him resurfacing. The game just came out uh, over in Japan, I think it was July 23rd third uh oh little uh tidbit here i think it was at comic con um namco bandai was showing off the game and i think it was uh, our former member goten z1 who also checked it out at uh e3 checked out the game there and it was japanese voice cast selectable really really hope that carries over to the full retail release so uh we can do a language swap there. excited about that that's august i mean the rest of the year is full with stuff you just wait until we get into the kai home releases on uh, dvd and blu-ray so those are the releases for the month let's kick it over to some emails we have a great bunch of emails for you. We're going to catch up with a couple because uh, we skipped a week and then we skipped another week last time with the uh, Dragon Box stuff. I wanted to get people's reactions to the Dragon Box announcement. I mean, I know we hit 100 bazillion pages over on our forum, but I like getting responses from people. So we actually have two audio emails uh, regarding this. The first one here is from Randy. So, Jeff, I kick it over to you with our awesome new recording set. of you press a button on your iPhone and it plays, here's Randy.
5: Yo, Mike, Mary, Julian, Jeff, and the rest. So, Dragon Boxes, huh? It's probably the best news, and I think it was said by Julian, but it still holds true. 2009 just turned around and bit-slapped 2008 in terms of new Dragon Ball. I got up to the sound of my phone going off, a tweet from Mike, of course. First it was a slow build-up from a special announcement, finally to, Oh my god, Dragon Box everyone! So up I got to the forum, and there wasn't anything going on about the announcement. And then I started a thread that eventually killed the forum bandwidth. My friends and I have been chatting about how these boxes will be since the announcement, and we couldn't be any more excited. Of course, I have people looking at us like we're freaks, or people stopping us to ask why we care about these when there are remastered season sets. It's tough to educate those on why it's amazing, but then this product really isn't for them, is it? Anyway, just wanted to throw in my stories about this startling release, and wanted to thank you guys and having the community that you do so that we can talk about it and really get pumped for the release as a collective. You guys rock, and keep up the great work on the site and podcast wait i said
0: that yeah you said that <laughs> with our predictions and other stuff about the year you, wow that was a great prediction you certainly did, <laughs> say, did turn oh, around, and bitch, slap around it. and bitch slapped
1: my god he did say that really?
0: yeah you said that man 100%. whoa okay <laughs> i know it's so out of character for you but it was a great line
1: i have found buddha <laughs>
0: <laughs> but thank you so much randy do appreciate that we will keep up the good work and i'm so glad that So much discussion went into this. People are so psyched, and there's so much to say about it. Uh, Glad to get these reactions from people. Jeff, I'm going to point it over to you again. We have uh, audio email here from our buddy Bernhard, who is at Otacon. Has some Otacon stuff to say and some Dragon Box reactions. Jeff, press that button! Greetings, Mike, Mary, and inevitable pile of Oda swag.
4: With all the recent developments, I wish you weren't taking a week off, but speaking as an Otacon staffer, I cannot fault your decision. Speaking of those recent developments, despite not doing a podcast, you nevertheless managed to cover the news far better than I could have, even if I had gone to those panels. I figured Expo was two weeks earlier, and they already announced the big news there. Sometimes I like being wrong. You even expressed the same misgivings I would have, and a few more besides, so all I'll add is, <coughs> and a message to anyone on the forums who wants the Dragon Boxes to contain both English dubs and and prefers a cropped picture with colors so saturated that Goku's gi looks red instead of orange. Shut the... Unicorn! ...up! Your fondest wishes have already been granted! Please note that this helpful suggestion is not aimed at people who want both English dubs and want the video to be the way it was meant to be seen. And I mean the way it was really meant to be seen, not the definition Funimation appears to have taken from the same dictionary they use to define season. Oh, I guess I'll add one other thing, and that is that I will be buying the Dragon Box DVD sets, but I'll also be buying the Dragon Ball sets when they come out, even though they'll probably eventually do a Dragon Box release, because, sadly, if the Dragon Ball boxes don't sell, then there won't be a Dragon Box release of it. Yeah, we kind of have to earn the privilege of double dipping. (sighs) At least they're in 4x3. Hey, speaking of dubs, I'm in charge of the classic video track at Otakon Video 4, where you can see Otaku no Video Friday at 9am and again on Sunday at 1pm. Sorry, Reflex. And this year I decided to show the Broly Trilogy, subtitled, as clearly indicated in both the schedule grid and the pocket guides. You may be able to guess where this is going. I've had people request we switch to the dub before, not so much this year since we've raised the screens, but this was practically militant. I had one guy who argued that we should show it the way the majority wanted it to be shown, or, or words to that effect. I actually had to pull out the program guide and the schedule and point out the S in brackets, explaining that video room staff must follow the instructions of the schedule. No need to tell them that those instructions originated with me. And that seemed to do the trick. I'm pretty sure this was the same guy who later asked me how to say, do you speak English and Japanese, and write it down for him, which I did. Okay. Odicon staffers are courteous to members, to a point. By the way, I wanted to give a shout out to the great Saiyan cosplayers, Mike, Mary. Was that you? If so, I was the guy in the vest. Actually, if not, I was still the guy in the vest. Lastly, Chodabu tinyurl.com/chodabuu. In other words, slash Chodabu.
0: Chodabu. I have no idea what that link was. Not looking at it. Mary, were we cosplaying? We were not, alas. All right, so you're still the guy in the vest. (laughs) The comment I want to latch onto here was the, we have to pay for the privilege of double dipping. That is so true with Dragon Ball releases here in this country. Any other
3: reactions to Bernhard's email? Oh, the- the, Just the part about the- um, Play it dubbed. The person, play it the way the majority wants to see it. Oh, yeah, really? Did he go person to person in that room and take a vote? (laughs) Majority. Right. It's already stupid.
1: I just wanted to say, as a member of Otacon's staff, I declined to comment on the situation.
3: <laughs> fair enough.
0: Fair enough. All right. We have a, a text email here. Julian, this is uh, also a little bit Dragon Box related. Love hearing what people have to say from Witch Hunter Ratagast.
2: Radagast, the Brown? Anyway. Uh, hello, everyone at Daisenshu EX. I just listened to episode 184 of your podcast, and I wanted to thank you for the in depth coverage of the, on the Dragon Box announcement and history of animation in Dragon Ball Z. You read an email I sent way back on episode 16. 16- and answering my questions about how best to collect DBZ, and I recently started going over your podcast again to see if the remastered sets had improved at all. News of a domestic Dragon Box collection is very welcome. As someone who only got to watch the broadcast dubs when they are aired and the Trunks special, this is looking to be a treat. Also, thanks for getting the Templar Trunks back up. Good with the Funimation interview, or good luck
0: with the Funimation interview.
3: Mary, how's that site going? It, it exists, I assume. I actually have not even gone to it since it got back online, so that's how Love bad it. I am at maintaining it.
0: it. Well, Witch Hunter, uh, glad you're really enjoying uh, our advice and our episodes and all that stuff. So, we have uh, a couple really, really quick emails here that I want to go through. Jeff, can you read this email here from Josh, please?
1: Yeah, Josh says, is there any specific reason you call, spell, the series Dragon Ball and not Dragon Ball or even Dragon Ball? Let me explain. (laughs) The... (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Mike. The first Dragon Ball has a capital D and B with no space in the middle. The second Dragon Ball has capital D and B with a space in the middle. And the last one is just capital D, no space. He further says, I'm not sure if you've discussed this before, but I'm still really curious what the reason is.
0: Okay, my reasoning for this is I'm trying to get the best of all worlds. I see it a lot of places with no space. I see a lot of places... Uh, spaced apart with a capital B. So what I do is I smoosh them together and make the B capital, just like the B in my last name, no random reason. And Mary, I actually told you this story. This is great. So um, my original name, Labrie, was all lowercase until my dad was in high school and randomly decided to start capitalizing the B for no particular reason and just carried over from there.
2: Wait, so the L is lowercase? <laughs>
0: or an ass. So, no. Is
1: that Does that make you labory?
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so I have decided to do the same thing with the name Dragon Ball. Randomly capitalized the B and smush them together, trying to appease everyone.
1: And so it shall And pass. so
0: it shall be. Jeff, why don't you read uh, the last one here from Trent, please?
1: My name is Trent and I'm 16. Though originally I listened to the Funimation dub, I have recently been listening to the Japanese version because of your podcast. I was wondering why Kami was so scared of Enma at the beginning of the story i also wondered if i should pay 50 to 80 for the upcoming dragon boxes thanks for recommending japanese i'm
0: gonna answer your second question first and that is a yes now julian question number one uh, give us a little bit of a back history on why kami i wouldn't say scared but maybe i don't know how would you describe it
2: well basically uh kami is the god of earth but emma is the person who decides what where everyone goes after they die whether to a pleasant fluffy cloud afterlife or uh an inexplicably rather unusual hell which is supposedly sort of based on the buddhist one but it's still not all that threatening i was gonna say they
0: seem like they're having a pretty good time down there
2: yeah i mean but still Enma has the power to send kami to hell if he misbehaves so he is justifiably
1: uh rather wary of pissing him off
0: that's about it there you go there yes jeff what you got
1: well you know i want to give some feedback please uh first of all awesome show last episode
0: Oh, good, good. Um, You enjoyed it.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've, I was—I had to read the uh, the website post during my lunch break. Uh-huh. It took the entire hour. <laughs> yep. There's yep. plenty to read. And of course, I'm like, you know, putting my fist up in the air like, yeah, those remastered sets sucked. <laughs> I,
0: I totally forgot about that um, the thing where you were watching and going, oh, that's artificial grain. And yeah. someone reminded me of that. I think it was Lemmy when he did a uh, final review of it. Oh, Such a good point to put into the article there.
1: Yeah, It fits. So thank know. you. It's, it's in context. But yep. yeah, a great article. Great podcast, the whole thing with. Um, but uh, I just wanted to add my perspective as to how I'm gonna decide whether to go for the Dragon Boxes or not because um, I myself would be interested in the Dragon Boxes because of the uh, the, the original Japanese format, just right. you know, all the episodes being there, the uncensored, quote unquote, raw cut. I guess you could call it that. Yeah, yeah. It's all very attractive. At the same time, though, I'm having to deal with older animation, uh, filler episodes, and all sorts of stuff that you know. With all You're this reading new the manga and i'm reading the manga right now so technically i mean this is still considered an upgrade but honestly i'm looking at kai and i'm kind of thinking kai is going to be a much better purchase than yeah, well, than the dragon boxes for
0: you you don't have the you know 20 year attachment to this musical score the voices are going to be the same mm-hmm. other than a couple things here and there
1: we didn't talk about the episode we watched before we were recording this the we did we watched uh, a scene from dragon ball oh, Z we, we mentioned the,
0: it a little bit was there something else you wanted to note about
1: it yeah the music sucked you didn't like the music <laughs> i did not like that music at all i I thought it was complete. it was like dragon it was a like, uh, what was a dragon ball it was like dracula theme music jeff yeah get out of here <laughs> oh whatever dude i'm taking my kai when it gets released <laughs> in, in r2s i i there's no way i'm buying the r1s of kai there's just no way Why? i would buy for i would buy the r2s look i know what they're saying i've read the manga
0: <laughs> sure sure well, they're coming out later this year like next month
1: right so so if anything i've got my wallet well, currently it's empty, but when it gets full,
0: well, Jeff, I, I already have the first Blu-ray on order, so you can test it out. You know, over here, we'll sweet, we'll check that out. So.
1: Yes, and then there will be many of uh, video footage to be used. <laughs>
0: <Sweet>. <laughs> I don't know if, if I'm going to do any videos. It's going to be with the DVD Dragon Box footage. I'm not going with Kai. Oh yeah, yeah, not even a question.
1: I can you know from your perspective, I can see that. Especially I mean more doing...
0: footage for one.
1: Right. Well, that's true.
3: And well, I don't have to deal with their redrawn shit.
1: Yeah, but the redrawn shit doesn't look that bad. I
0: mean, I it'd be easier I'd to argue. mask
3: stuff with Kai if we were doing a video that required that sort of thing. Um, Depending true. on the type of video, I would use Kai if it was right. very technical. Um, you know, with a lot of effects. We're kind of going off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, a, little bit, a little
1: bit. But yeah, I was just going to say that that kind of from my perspective, there's the debate between the Dragon Boxes or Kai because I would love to have uh, a, a part of the series that is affordable. I mean, certainly 80 bucks for that many episodes is great. Yeah, yeah. So that's very attractive. But at the same time, Kai looks really good.
0: Jeff, you go straight to Kai. You are missing out on Gohan and the Robot, Princess Snake, Goku training with some Oni down in hell. You are missing out on the stories of a lifetime. Bulma and the Crabs. Bulma and the crab. Well, we haven't gotten that far yet, but that'll probably be cut.
1: Is that stuff in the manga? No. I don't feel like I'm missing out then.
0: <laughs> Ugh, get out of here. <laughs> Don't contradict me. No, it's good. I I like getting that perspective because (laughs) you're not like a diehard Funimation fan. But I think your opinions do overlap in some respect because you're coming to it later. You're mostly just manga. You see some of the TV version. I think the manga holds up a lot better than the TV version does. I mean, I admit I love the TV version. It doesn't look modern. The manga still kind of holds up.
1: If I were a lot younger, if this were like 10 years ago, Uh I totally would have been spooching over... Seeing like you know the original sure. uh, show but i don't have that much time to be able to devote to all those episodes. I, i'm
0: with you i don't so have the time
1: kai's just looking a lot better because you know what, i get the same kind of sense but i don't have to uh, have so much time required to watch it
0: you and i are gonna have some battles here it's good
1: i stick with my opinions
2: that's
0: fine Julian, people have questions they want to get our opinions on, all that good stuff. Where's that going to?
2: Podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at D-A-I-Z-E-X, Diz-E-X, dot com.
0: Now, Julian, you are also on the Twitter now.
2: Yes, I'm also on Twitter. So you can contact us on Twitter uh, by uh, adding Dizzex, D-A-I-Z-E-X, Vegito-E-X, E X V E G E T T O E X. Or Jedi, Saiyajedi, S-A-I-Y-A-J-E-D-I.
1: Oh, my God, follow you right now.
0: <laughs> ah! All right, folks, we have come to the end of our show, episode 185. It's been a nice in-depth conversation about a whole lot of stuff. That was our manga review. Jeff, you will join us next month for the next manga review. You're busy over there following Julian, aren't you? Follow. Done.
1: Done. <laughs> oh, dear.
0: So we'll see you next month.
1: <laughs> that is correct.
0: Excellent. I'll give you an opportunity to plug whatever you would like to plug. Uh
1: really quickly, lowfidelity.info is our website for the podcast Low Fidelity. That is our uh Mike and not my music podcast, I guess. Uh what is the episode out right now? It's episode twenty four, so that means No twenty five. Twenty four, no, twenty five. No, I think
0: it's twenty five. It twenty five? I think it's 25.
1: I can't remember. There's an episode up there, either 24 or 25, and it has to do with Portugal the Man and their album, The Satanic Satanist. That was an awesome, awesome episode. So go check it out. Good times.
0: I will go over to Mary. Your site once again exists on the interwebs. Yay!
3: For your viewing pleasure, T e m p l e o t r u n k s dot com t-e-m-p-l-e-o, for all sorts of trunks-like shenanigans. Excellent. Thank you. So, Julian, that
0: leaves you and I from dies and Shoe ex.
2: Yes, and we can be found at www.daizex.com or www.daizex.com if you're from not America, <laughs> not the U.S.
0: Uh, <laughs> so we got some cool stuff coming your way. I know uh, I shot something over to you. We got the track listing for that Kai soundtrack to add to the site. There are a couple other updates over in the music database. Julian, I have to ask you and put you on the spot. Where's my Jump Anime Tour DVD?
2: Um. It, it's coming. I've been really busy and haven't had time to get to the post office because it's open when I'm at work and I'm working. So.
0: I hear you. And that stupid post office hour. So it's the same shit over in Japan where it opens after you're at work and it closes before you leave from work. Yeah. Hate that stuff. All right. Well, we'll so, review that.
2: Uh, I'll take some time on my lunch break now since I'm not actually doing anything. And maybe <laughs> okay, do that this deal. week. Good to have off on
0: Fridays. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so we'll get to that in the future. I still owe you guys a – Evolution PSP game review. I don't know what to say about that, but we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that response over there. We're going to be talking about battle powers or power levels in the future. Herms is going to join us for that. And also, I want to get to this pretty soon. Jeff, you're going to join us for this one as well. Um, And that's a review of the first DBZ TV special, the Bardock special, because we did pass that point in the manga. I want to make sure you got past that before we could go back and give that TV special a really good review. So um, I know we have the next two weeks. Uh, Julian, you said you're not going to be here. Uh, Maybe we'll throw that into the mix and we'll review that so we can get a third voice on the show sweet I'm looking forward to it look forward to that and julian i want to get a couple thoughts from you so i can at least read them uh on the show because we don't always get your thoughts when uh you're not around so there you go all right upcoming episodes so for jeff over there bye thank you for mary over here bye 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 for julian and myself mike Vegito ex thank you for being here for 185 we will check you next week with 186 julian do it
2: dayzen ex podcast mo kudasatte makoto ni arigatou gozaimasu Everyone smirks, knowing that they just missed out on the most important development. Then, Goku is a blah, blah, (laughs) blah.
0: Try that whole sentence
2: again.